Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information about Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. And now, here's Cynthia. Well, good afternoon. Thank you for joining me. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And I'm glad to be back this, uh, this afternoon. Today we are going to be talking about feelings and managing your emotions and the importance of knowing how to do that. And I want to start this show um, this afternoon with a great Bible verse that gives an example of how God feels about us. And you've probably read this before or heard this before. But this is, this is Zephaniah 3.17. And it says, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. So you get this great picture that God has tremendous feelings of love for us, even though he may have negative feelings as well about things that we do. And so as we talk about feelings, I want you to understand that if we want to be loved, we must reveal ourselves. If we want to love someone, they must allow us to know them. So as obvious as as this may be, many of us go through life avoiding such disclosure. And in fact, most of us practice concealment by playing roles. So we claim to have certain feelings which we actually do not have, and we profess to be loving when we are full of hostility, calm when in reality anxiety is nearly overwhelming us, and to believe in things when in truth we really don't believe those things. And so even with those persons we care the most about, We share little of our true feelings, of our beliefs or our needs. And perhaps it's because we want so much to be loved, we fear the truth that may come with the openness. And consequently, we present ourselves as some sort of person we believe we would be accepted and loved. Instead of the person that we really are. And so we attempt to hide the things we think. that We think these things would maybe damage the relationship or damage the image that we are wanting to be seen as. So another reason we try to conceal ourselves is the fear of change. Because most people, change is a very frightening thing. And we want to think of ourselves as constant. So we've kind of molded our image and seem to believe we are all that we ever could be, when in reality, our needs, our desires, our goals and values, behavior and feelings change with experience and as we age. Still yet, maybe another reason we fail to expose our real self is that we don't really know how. We've never really been taught how. In fact, we learn more about how to conceal our true identity than to actually reveal our true identity. So the result being that we continue to accept and play our roles. And our society sadly encourages this. In fact, it pressures us to to suppress all the emotions and characteristics that it considers um, unacceptable. So we know as Americans... The one thing that's acceptable to express is happy. We all, we all want to be happy. We want to be happy all the time, and we want everybody else to be happy around us. So we're not great about dealing with negative feelings from others. 
So, of course, there are times when honest leveling isn't possible and role-playing is appropriate in a social system. We must be a part of and which requires certain discipline. So, obviously, we know that we don't want to be toddlers and adolescents and express every feeling we have at every moment, wherever we're at, and with whoever we are with. But the reality is, the key to appropriateness, to be private when we wish, but also to be able to be honest and open without fear. So we want to be able to choose and to manage and to be able to practice self-control with those feelings. But the bottom line is we need to reveal ourselves in order to be known, in order to be truly loved, and in order to know and truly love another. So these feelings, these feelings that are comfortable or uncomfortable, pleasant or unpleasant, that's what we would describe negative and positive feelings. We don't say that feelings are good or bad. Because feelings, feelings are not necessarily a moral issue unless we continue in them and think on a negative feeling to, against a person. That may become a moral issue for us. Or the way that we act with that feeling may be a moral issue. But the initial feeling simply is. And if we judge our feelings, we harm ourselves. The more we judge our feelings, the more we will have a tendency to judge others. So we must be able to identify our feelings, accept them as an integral part of us, and manage each one of it as it comes. We want to avoid the stuffing of the feeling or the repressing of it when possible, and then we go to the next feeling. For with certainty, it will come. Those feelings don't stop. And so what we're gonna, another thing that we're going to talk about today is when we do get those feelings, how to manage them. But I want to take a minute and I want to just do a little education on really what feelings are. Because feelings are part of, a main part of our identity. This is why it hurts so bad when someone judges that feeling that we're having. Or, or, or doesn't like our feeling. Because that's who we are. And so part of the self-acceptance and valuing self, supporting yourself, is validating your own feelings. Because you don't choose your feelings. And I know that may sound strange. But I want, you to, I want you to understand this, this concept that feelings are a naturally occurring phenomenon that we do not choose. Because truly, if we could choose our feelings, I know me, I'd be happy all the time if I could choose that. What I can choose is how I respond to my own feelings and what I do with those feelings and how I think about my feelings. So I'm going to give you a, a quick little four words that help, will help in identifying feelings. And so when we, as psychotherapists, we have this tendency to put them in different categories, and they're easy to remember. So I want you to remember sad, mad, glad, scared. Those are the four main feeling realms. So we have sad, and underneath all those sad feelings are things like despondency, distress, tearfulness, weepiness, mourning, upset, these types of feelings, hurt. And so then in the mad column... We have irritation, frustration, uh, all the way to fury or livid. And then in the glad column, we have all those positive feelings, contentment, peace, joy, um, hope, all these types of. And then in the scared column, we're going to have all those anxiety, um, distress, frightened, anxious, all of those. Okay? So when we look at feelings, we have to understand that feelings are a basic unit of the human experience, and they are unavoidable. So when we try to avoid feelings of ours, 
this is when we have some psychological, emotional sickness beginning to happen. Because those feelings are going to continue to occur. And if I avoid them, they generally get bigger. So as we said, the four basic feeling realms are sad, mad, glad, scared. And if you, don't, if you can't dis- distinguish between those four, you may be, be confused. Because confusion, a lot of times, is a combination of feelings. Now, the most important thing to remember that all feelings are okay, like we said earlier. They are neither good or bad. They just are. You want to see your feelings as indicators, like the dashboard of your car. You have a feeling, you say, this is good information for me. So what is this indicating? What's happening with me? What's going on with me? When we are parenting small children, this is what we're helping them to do. We're, hel- we're helping them to understand what is indicated for them. So we will look at them and say, oh, you feel sad today. That's what you look. You look sad. Are you feeling sad? Or you look very angry. Or you seem very happy. And we help them to begin to identify what they are feeling, which helps them to identify who they are. And then we appropriately help them to manage that feeling. So we don't ever want to judge that feeling. If I look at the dashboard uh, of my car and the, the light comes on, I don't say it's a bad car. Or I, don't get, I, I realize, wow, this is telling me something. I might need to, to take it to the mechanic. So feelings, what, what we also want to realize is that feelings are going to continue to recycle until we allow ourselves to feel them deeply and love ourselves for it. So when I have a feeling and I try to avoid it through stuffing it, repressing it, what's going to happen is it will recycle. It will come back again. And usually it comes back in a bigger, in, in a bigger manner. And it may bring other feelings with it. So feelings have to be accepted, felt, and loved. And this is, this is a part of accepting yourself. Because if I don't, then they will become very unproductive thoughts, and then I will have behaviors that follow that. So the direct expression of the basic feelings can result in clear and meaningful communication. Now, I use the word can because it doesn't always happen. But the way to have best communication and meaningful communication and connectedness is to express my feelings. And in the previous shows, we talked about uh, assertiveness, we've talked about boundaries, and we've talked about ways to do that expression of feelings. So again, directly stating my feelings and wants can solve problems. The best way to solve a problem is to begin to express feelings. It doesn't always mean that it directly solves the problem. But if you express your feeling, it will solve your part of the problem in many ways because you would have validated yourself, you would have supported yourself, you would have expressed yourself, and it's a way of honoring yourself. So secondly, or next, we want to say that the way out is always through. So the way out of the feeling is through it. I can't go around it, I can't go under it, I can't go over it. I have to go through it. And I can honestly say for myself, I don't always like to go through feelings. I wish they just weren't there. And I wish there was a quicker, faster route. So I have to be willing to feel those feelings and not rush myself through it. Because what we resist runs us. You can't outrun your feelings. You know, there's that saying, that that famous saying, everywhere you go, there you are. And so my feelings come with me. And if I'm stuffing them or repressing them, they're like my shadow. And so they can always be haunting me. So the best thing for me to do is accept them, feel them, integrate them, and then be done with them. 
feelings are expressing and feeling feelings are similar to eating similar to eating food. So you take it in, you chew it up, you integrate it, and it's done. So feelings you have to understand are physical energy. They are a physical reaction to a thought many times or an experience. So they have energy. That's why they are motivating or incapacitating. Because they're, they're made up of hormones and enzymes and all different kinds of amino acids that create this energy that is within us. And so it isn't something that I can just push away. So we're going to go into a break. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And join me again while we talk about emotions and managing our emotions. Welcome back. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And today, we are talking about emotions, our feelings, and how we are to manage those feelings and those emotions appropriately so that we can have the most intimacy and experience our life in the most meaningful manner. So in the last segment, we were talking about what emotions are. And we were talking about them being indicators, that they are information, and you want to not fear your own emotions. You also don't want to hate your own emotions because your emotions, your feelings are a major part of your identity. This is why when people judge your feelings or invalidate them, it's very hurtful. So we're looking at four different feeling realms. We have sad, mad, glad, and scared. And this is the easiest way to identify what you're feeling. So if you're not sure what's going on with you, you just know that you just aren't feeling right. You might want to say to yourself, am I sad? Well, in the sad column, we have the mourning, weepiness, despondency, despair, um, hurt. In the mad column, we have anywhere from mild irritation, frustration, to fury. In the glad column, we have contentment, joy, hope, peace. And in the scared realm, we have anywhere from, you know, little upset anxiety to fright or terror. So sometimes it helps if you kind of go down those different realms and ask yourself, what is it that I'm feeling today? Because that's going to give you great information. The same way as the the dashboard on your car, little lights come up and those are indicators for you. You, You're thankful when your car tells you that you may be running out of gas. You may need to hurry and get to the gas station. So let's talk about where do emotions come from and what is the, the difference between thoughts and feelings? Because it's very important that you understand that thoughts and feelings are very different. Many times we want to think our feelings away. And so emotions come deep from within us and from our likeness unto God. Because we have all these different verses that show us how passionate our Lord is, how emotional he is. And we see that when just sending Jesus, just and all the different ways that Jesus felt we have in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he, he was saying to the Lord, he's anxious, he's saying, please, if there's any other way, we see when, when he was raising Lazarus from the dead, the, the sadness of the people it caused him to weep. So we see how moved God is. And part of being made in the, in the likeness of God is that we have an emotional realm just as we have an intellectual realm. And so it's important that when we say we understand that we, we, these emotions come from within our body. They're in our soul. 
they're they're deep in in the very bottom parts of of where we live. They're not in our head, and so this is why we say, you know, my heart broke or my heart dropped to my stomach, because feelings are a physical reaction to this emotional process. So they are shaped and determined by our life experiences, our perceptions, our awarenesses, and our maturity and our beliefs, just to name a few. And they're also shaped by our unique personalities. So as an event occurs, we react or respond in different ways. And so we want to look at feelings as we saw those, those four different feeling realms. So we don't look at feelings as good or bad because we don't judge our feelings. God doesn't ever judge our feelings. What he may take us to task on or work on correcting is how long we indulge in that feeling and then what we do about that feeling. Those can be moral issues, but not the initial feeling, because like we said earlier, we can't choose our feelings. They just occur. And so we have either pleasant or unpleasant or constructive or or destructive behaviors. So as we look at this, what you'll see is that it's, it's an imperative that we tune into this emotional part of our life and the impact that it has on us. Because what we're wanting to do is move away from those unpleasant feelings, understandably so. And I know that for myself, I'm quite a passionate person. I'm quite an expressive, emotional person. So I feel things very deeply and very intensely. And that's just a part of the way that God made me. There are other people that may be a little bit more level and still are very, very loving, kind people, but they may not feel them to the, to the degree that others do. So you don't ever want to judge that. So what happens when we have this emotional experience, we have a certain situation that occurs, well, it's going to go through this filter. And that filter has a lot to do with the way that we were raised, has a lot to do with past experiences, has a lot to do with my own unique makeup. And so let's say um, I'm driving and somebody cuts me off, flips me off or something like this. Well, I'm going to have an emotional response to that. And depending on how it filters through and where I'm at at any particular day, if I'm tired, many times my feelings are going to be a little bit more raw. I may, on a good day, and if I've done a lot of emotional healing, maybe I've had some trauma in my past and I've healed from that, that person is going to cut me off, flip me off, do all that, this type of stuff, and I'm going to go, wow, they must be having a really bad day. And I'm mildly uncomfortable a little, well, that's, I don't like that feeling. I don't like what that person did. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I'm going to be able to just say, wow, that, that person must be having a bad day. I can pray for them. Let's say I'm really, really tired. I have some emotional trauma in my background. Let's say I haven't worked through a lot of my own self-esteem issues. So that filter is different. So that person cuts me off and flips me off. And I'm going to start thinking things like, why does this always happen to me? God must hate me. Or I can't believe that person did that. I hate that person. And I may even start cursing that person. So we don't judge any of that. We realize, wow, what is that indicating? My response, what is my response indicating when I get this external event that is really, really unpleasant? Because it can happen the other way around as well. I can have a really positive external event. And because of the filtering or the way that I see myself, I may interpret that in an inappropriate manner. Let's say somebody gives me a really great compliment. And if I haven't worked through those self-esteem issues, if I have past traumas, maybe in family, 
that told me I was, a, I was a failure and a loser, told me that I couldn't trust people. If that person compliments me, the first thing I might think is, yeah, whatever. What do you, what do you want from me now? And I may distrust that, and I may not be able to take in that blessing. So we see that we get this filtering process. So we either go down one side. We go down ungodly beliefs, ungodly thoughts, and then we, we have these feelings, and then we have a destructive or constructive action. If we have godly beliefs, godly thoughts, it helps us deal with that unpleasant situation better. So when I'm dealing with my feelings, I have to really check my thoughts. What am I thinking about my feeling? What is my feeling telling me? Because that's the first place I'm going to make those adjustments. So if I get someone that's not being pleasant to me or being cruel to me or mean to me, and I know that I get my feelings hurt, I have to be very careful how I think. Because if I think ungodly thoughts, like, well, that's just what I deserve, Nobody loves me anyways. I'm never going to have good relationships with anyone. God hates me. God isn't, isn't with me. God has abandoned me as well. Then that feeling is going to get bigger, and it's going to become more painful, and I'm going to have to then, in order to manage that feeling, probably do some destructive behaviors. So I want to be very careful about how I think about that feeling because what I cannot control is the, the initial feeling. What I can control is how I think about it. So we're going to take another break, and we're going to come back and continue on with emotions and managing emotions. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And today we again are talking about emotions and how to manage them and those feelings that we have and what they really are. So in the past two segments, what we were identifying is that feelings are neither good or bad. They just simply are. So we do not judge our feelings. If we judge our feelings, then we are judging ourselves. And God says specifically that we are not to judge, that that is his job. We are to certainly maybe judge behaviors, but we are not to judge who we are, that core person that we are. And feelings come from the inmost parts of our being. They are a huge part of our identity. And this is why it's so painful when we're not understood. And in the very beginning of this show, we talked about the importance of being able to reveal my true self and that we learn very early on how to be inauthentic. If our parents weren't able to help us address and identify, accept, and express feelings appropriately, we learned very quickly to hide those feelings, to try to filter them in in an unhealthy manner, or we learned to reject our own feelings and to judge our own feelings, which leads to self-worth, self-esteem issues. And so it's important that when we are learning to express feelings, the biggest thing that we do is we accept them. Right away, we just simply accept the feeling. Even if it's an ugly feeling, even if it's an unpleasant feeling, we need to accept that feeling because it's an indicator of something that's going on with us. And it's imperative that I see that as good information because it's telling me something about myself. 
And so then as I identify that feeling and accept that feeling, that's part of being willing to feel that feeling. Because the more unpleasant the feeling is, the more we want to distance ourselves from that feeling. And when we start distancing ourselves from ourselves, we get this big void inside of us. And this is generally where a lot of self-medicating behaviors come in, is that I don't want to feel that feeling, and so I'm going to push it as far away from myself as I can. And the more disconnected I become from myself, the worse I am going to feel. And so it really does not work. It is not a good solution to repress or stuff or, or avoid feelings. It causes us to have lots of psychological emotional problems and leads to, many times, depression and anxiety disorders. So the initial reaction to our feeling is generally to decrease the pain or increase the pleasure because you have to remember that human beings, we are hardwired to increase pleasure and decrease pain. So we want to avoid pain at all costs and increase our pleasure. Well, having the Lord in our hearts, having the help from God, we can avoid doing that instinctual human tendency. So we can say, you know, this is an uncomfortable feeling and I need to move toward it so that I can move through it because I do not want to avoid it. And so we need to then decide what we're going to do with this feeling. Are we going to act on it? Are we going to just feel it and let it pass? And what am I thinking about my feeling? Because in in the last segment, we talked about how imperative it is to hear inside of your head, what is it that I am thinking? What am I narrating about this feeling? What is the story I'm telling myself about this feeling? So let's say somebody, I, I put a call into somebody and they haven't called me back for two days. So what am I telling myself about that? Because I'm, I'm feeling a feeling like, why haven't they called me? I'm hurt. I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm nervous. I'm anxious. So what do I start telling myself? Well, they probably don't want to have anything to do with me. Or maybe I messed it up and I don't even know about it, so I can't even fix it. And so these types of thoughts are going to increase the unpleasantness of that feeling. So I need to be turning my thoughts to more godly thoughts. So I need to maybe say, God, this is a care I have. I need to cast this care on you. Because he tells us in Psalms fifty-five twenty-two, cast your cares upon the Lord because he careth for you. So many times what I will have clients do is I have them write down what I call a cares list so that they can really cast those on God and feel the feeling without indulging in negative feelings or needing to self-medicate as a way to cope with it. So as we are feeling these feelings... I can say to myself, do I just need to feel it and let it pass, or do I need to actually do something? So maybe I just need to override my anxiety and call that person back and say, hey, you know, I put a call into you, and you generally are really good about returning the call, and I just want to make sure everything's okay. just want to make sure that you're doing okay. I haven't heard from you. And then I accept whatever the outcome is going to be, and I know that God is doing it with me. And so I know that as I'm feeling all these feelings— God is in me, with me, helping me, and feeling them with me. I'm not doing it all by myself. So as we are looking at this whole process of feeling feelings, the number one thing we want to remember is to not judge, to not avoid, and to be willing to go through the feeling. And we need to accept the feeling. So join me again in this next segment, and we are going to finish up talking about emotions, Feeling our feelings and how to do that well. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia.
This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me in this last segment. We are talking about managing our emotions and feelings and what, what are feelings and what are we to do with them and how are we to handle them. And so we, we left off in that last segment talking about the natural human condition is to increase pleasure and decrease pain. And so we first have to resist that process when we're having a negative feeling. The hard thing about that is we probably were taught to do that a long time ago. We probably were growing up in families with, with mistake-making people and people that were going through their own process. They may not have helped us to learn to manage feelings or to accept feelings or to even know what we are feeling. And so we learn unconsciously to just resist the feeling, avoid the feeling, stuff the feeling. What that's going to do is that's going to increase pain dramatically. And it's going to last a lot longer because we're going to be carrying around what many times you've heard this, this uh, term, emotional baggage. And we're going to be carrying around all these negative, yucky, uncomfortable, hurt feelings because we don't know how to deal with them or we don't want to deal with them. Which then causes us to be less authentic as a person, more disconnected from ourself, and we will have to do more pain management which is where we get a lot of that self-medicating behavior, to try to help keep those feelings at bay. And so when we are, are presented with an emotion, we're having a feeling, I want you to remember that this is an indicator. It's good information for you. It's not something to be afraid of, and it's not something to judge. So if I'm having a negative feeling, an ugly feeling, a yucky feeling, it's important that I love myself through that. This is what we needed our parents to do. We needed our parents to not be mad at our feelings or disgusted by our feelings or look at our feelings as ridiculous and silly because this is very hurtful because our feelings are a major part of our identity. So we want to do for ourselves what we needed our parents to do. And this is what we call in psychotherapy, it's reparenting. So I'm giving myself the parent I needed when I'm having a feeling. I'm with myself 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So when I am presented with a feeling... I want to be that good parent, that good caregiver that is interested in the feeling, is not mad about the feeling, isn't disgusted with the feeling, isn't going to make fun of the feeling, or isn't going to say, oh, come on, get over it. I don't have time for this. Because you can feel how hurtful that is. And see, God never does that with us. He doesn't do that with our feelings at all. In fact, our feelings are very important to him because that's part of being made in the image of God. We have a God that is a very feeling-based spirit very feeling-based entity. So when we are presented with that feeling, we are going to validate it. And I'm going to believe the feeling. It doesn't mean that it's necessarily true. So I'm going to give you a little saying that's very important to tell all of my clients to remember that feelings are very, very real. They are not always true. And so I need to believe the feeling first, but not believe it as truth. That I have to, that as an adult, I have to discern. So I say uh, very frequently when I'm working with people that have eating disorders, I'm working with someone that's struggling with anorexia, they feel very fat. They feel that way. They are sure. They really feel very fat. It is very real to them. It's so real to them they could die. But we know it's not true. So when we are contending with our feelings, I want to make sure that I believe it, I validate the feeling, I honor the feeling, but I don't necessarily buy into it as if it's true. So as we were talking in the last segment, this person, uh, I put a call and they don't call me back. And so I'm feeling like they don't like me. So I'm feeling hurt. 
That's the story I'm telling myself. In that hurt, I'm saying, well, it's because they don't like me. Well, that hurt is real, but it doesn't necessarily mean my interpretation of it is true. And this is where it's imperative to understand what I'm thinking about my feeling. Because my narration, my explanation of the feeling is very important. I want that to be truth-based. So this is where I'm also needing to pray. I'm needing to say to God, this is how I'm feeling about this situation. I need truth. I need clarity. And in spite of waiting for the clarity or the truth, now it may come immediately, which is always nice, I still need to honor the feeling and feel it. So I still need to be supporting myself and telling myself, even if that person doesn't like me, that doesn't mean that I'm not likable. Because this is what a good parent would do for a little kid. See, if you had a a six-year-old that came home from school crying because they didn't get invited to a birthday party, and they would think, nobody likes me, nobody likes me, a good parent would say, you know, I know, I understand that feeling. That is a real, oh, I'm so sorry, honey, that you feel that way. But I know how likable you are, and I know I like you. And I'm going to tell you all these wonderful, precious things about you. That's what a good caregiver does. I have to have that internal caregiver that helps me talk through feelings. It doesn't mean that we're like having schizophrenia or multiple personality disorder or something. It means that I have an intrapersonal relationship with myself, how I feel about myself. And so when I'm having feelings, the best way to manage those feelings is how I'm feeling about them, thinking about them, because that helps me to express them appropriately. So we have to remember that we can't control our feelings. I mean, we can't control whether or not we have them. We can control what we do about them and how we behave accordingly. Generally what happens is if I'm not managing the feeling inside of myself, it is going to come outside of myself at some point, in a, probably in a very inappropriate manner, because it will express itself. So if I choose as an adult how to express it, it's going to be much more effective. So one of the best ways to express a feeling is this is called when you, I feel, little formula. It's a little statement. So if I'm having a feeling, I'm going to address a person's behavior. If I can't address their behavior, I'm not going to talk about my feelings yet. So what is the behavior that is bothering me? So let's say uh, somebody is chronically showing up late. They're always late to everything that that you're meeting them for. And you can feel the resentment building. You can feel, I just feel disrespected. I feel hurt. I feel devalued. And it starts to get in the way of your intimacy because now you're protecting. You've got a wall up because you've got something that you're not telling them that is right there sitting on the table between the two of you, but you're not talking about. So when that, you're dealing with a person that you're resenting because they are chronically late, you're going to say, when you are late, I feel disrespected. This is the best way to express a feeling. When you, and identify a behavior, I feel And then you identify your feeling. So when you go to talk with somebody about your feelings, you want to first identify what is the behavior that's hurting me. Is it what they said? So when you say things like, and you address whatever it is that they said, then you say, I feel hurt. I feel angry. I feel sad. You can also use this in a positive, which is very, very supporting of people. So you can say to your husband, you know, When you take my car to the mechanic, I feel so loved by you. And these are ways that we can really identify and support each other, and then we increase intimacy as a result. 
So it's imperative that we understand the things that we can control. Some situations we can control, some parts of situations, some events we can control. But a lot of it has to do with whether or not I'm going to go to the event, how I'm going to participate in the event, what the situation is, and how I'm going to respond. Can I control the filtering process? I can get better at it. The healthier I become, the clearer that filter is, the less clutter there is that I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing situations through. Can I control my beliefs? I absolutely can control what I believe. And am I going to believe that, that God values me, that I'm a worthwhile individual, that my performance doesn't determine my value? I can believe those things. Can I control my thoughts? Absolutely, I can control my thoughts. That is one of the number one places you need to practice discipline. Because if I can't control my thoughts, my feelings are going to be like rogue feelings. They're just going to take on a life of their own, and then I'm going to be chasing my feelings or running from my feelings. So I need to be disciplined in my thinking and how I think about my feelings and what story I'm telling myself about the feeling and what the narration is that's going on inside. Can I control my actions? Absolutely. What we do know is that if I'm not controlling my thinking around the feeling, the behavior is going to be much more difficult to manage. It will probably be more inappropriate. It may be much more destructive. So if I am really disciplined in the way that I think about the feeling, the feeling will stay contained. If I don't, the feeling will become very unmanageable and it will show externally in my behaviors. It's much harder to control a behavior when I haven't managed the thought and the feeling behind it. So can I control my feelings? I can't control the, the initial feeling. I can't control whether or not I have that feeling. That I cannot control. What I can control is how long it lasts, many times, and the level of intensity. And that has everything to do with how I think about that feeling, how I think on it. So if I want to stay loving someone, I'm going to think a lot of loving thoughts toward them. That keeps the feeling going. I'm going to remind myself of all the reasons I love them. And I'm going to think on those things. And that causes the feeling to intensify, and it causes it to have a very long duration. It keeps it alive. If I have a resentment, I can think on that, and I can make it bigger and more intense by how much I'm resenting that person because of what they did. And I can keep rehashing what they did over and over and over and over again, which keeps that feeling of resentment or unforgiveness or hurt alive. So I need to really practice how I think about my feelings. And I need to accept them 100% completely. So when I do have emotions, what do I need to do? Well, first I feel them. I identify them. I say sad, mad, glad, scared. So I feel the feeling. And I feel it where it is in my body. Is it in my shoulders, my stomach, my chest? Where's that feeling? And what is it telling me? And I validate it, validate it, validate it. What you find many times is if I validate somebody's feelings, those feelings generally calm down. So what, what happens many times is we think, wow, if I, if I validate that feeling, they're going to think that I think it's true. So let's say somebody is very angry with me. They say, Cynthia, you're the worst therapist I've ever, I've ever seen. 
I can't believe what you said to me in the last session. It really hurt my feelings, right? Well, I'm going to validate that feeling. It doesn't mean that that's actually what happened and that's actually what I did. But I'm going to validate the feeling without necessarily agreeing. Because if I can first validate, then I'm connected to the person, then we can actually process the feeling. If I fight their feeling and resist their feeling, their feeling will get bigger because they will feel the need to justify it. This is why it's imperative that we use the when you, I feel statements, that we validate our own feelings, accept our own feelings. We validate the feelings of others. This is the way we honor them. This is the way we love them. This helps us to have understanding. It doesn't necessarily mean that the feeling is true. But it is very, very real and needs to be dealt with, needs to be contended with. Because remember, a person's feelings are who they are. Their behaviors aren't always who they are. We have many behaviors that indicate, wow, that wasn't me. That's not, that's not truly who I am. I need to stop doing that. But our feelings are a part of our identity. They are deep within the inmost parts of our being. So as we wrap this up, I want you to understand that to have healthy relationships, we need to renew our minds and feel our feelings. So we, we renew and transform the mind, and that helps to have more appropriate expression of our feelings, helps us understand, contend, feel our feelings. See, many of us have, have abandoned or never taken responsibility for our emotional selves. And we need to deal with our feelings. Pain must be embraced before the joy comes. So the word tells us, the Bible tells us to deal with our anger before the day is over. It doesn't mean that, we can, that, that some things that, are ang- that we're angry about are going to be finished in one day. But it means that we start the new day. So sharing the emotional part of us with others creates closeness an intimacy with one another. It's called emotional honesty. Thank you for joining me today. This is Cynthia we Hyatt. Hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate and spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay anytime at KPXQ1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on 1360 KPXQ.